Welcome, perfect stranger. My name is Valérie. I see myself as a nomad with deep roots. I'm fascinated by our cultural differences and at the same time by what we all have in common. The more I meet people from diverse backgrounds, the more I learn about myself and the world. In this podcast, I would like to give you the opportunity to experience it by stepping in somebody else's shoes for a moment. Hello, perfect strangers. Today I welcome Hella. Like many of my guests, she has lived in different countries, but I was really curious to know more about why she decided to create her own business, what it means to her, and what she learned along the way. Being originally from Tunisia, but growing up in the States, I was looking for something that connected the two countries. I come from a family of doctors, so even my, my other grandfather was actually a doctor. So being able to give something that's good for your body also is important for me. So, are you ready to listen to her? Welcome to Perfect Strangers. I'm very glad to have you today. And first, I'm going to explain where I met you. And that was at a dinner party at a friend. And she had decided to invite women who had started a business so that they could share and uh, explain to each other what they were doing. And I was really interested because I'm a food lover. I liked your idea a lot, but... We won't speak directly about it. We, we will first try to understand all the process to come to that, you know, beginning from your childhood. You were five years old when you moved to Tunisia. What are your memories of your childhood from five to ten when you were in Tunisia? You know, the scents, the outdoor, the lights, you know, the food, whatever memories you have. My memories are of... Um just me playing, being very free, playing with just the minimum, uh, being outside with my friends, with my cousins, sharing just the simple things in life, very minimal things, just biking, dancing, inventing things. And uh, going to my aunt's house, uh, I think it was once, once a week, we would have lunch or dinner at her house, My aunt uh, used to make uh, delicious food, just lots of food and lots of it because she had, I have five, she has five uh, children. So with my five cousins, we would just, it would be a big feast every uh, once a week. And then great food from my grandmothers. Both of my grandmothers are very food, food, food. And always, it's never just one meal. It's lots, lots of different (laughs) dishes. So I remember that. <laughs> and then my, my grandfather, who loved also agriculture, so he always had the fresh, fresh fruits. He had apricots, he had uh, pistachios. He would make almond, the almond drink, the orja in French, and so the almond syrup. 
that was delicious. That was one of my favorites. And then his olive oil every mornings, every, every morning, if we went to my grandmother's house, we would uh, have olive oil with uh, either condensed milk or, or just, uh, yes, <laughs> olive oil and bread as well. I didn't know so this recipe, olive oil and condensed milk. Hmm. That sounds interesting. <laughs> As a child, yes, that's that's what I, what I, I, it's crazy when I think about it, but that's what my grandmother would give me, <laughs> and I loved it. It's not more crazy than peanut butter with jam, I guess. Maybe, yes, <laughs> yes, but it was, it was really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm beginning to be hungry right now. <laughs> Then when you were 10 years old, you moved to United States. Yes. Did you have the impression that what you ate at home was very different from what your friends ate? Did that your friends come to your house? Or did you go to other people's house to eat? And what was this experience for you? Oh, yes. I remember that. I remember that very clearly. I remember my mom cooking beef tongue. Uh, when I, was, uh, when I, I first arrived and my friend came over. And she said, oh, what is that? You're, you eat that? You eat the, the, the tongue of, of a beef? And I said, yes, we do. It's a, it's a delicacy in France, but also in Tunisia. In Tunisia, we do it with a couple spices and the sauce and capers. So they were, they were shocked <laughs> by that. I remember that. That's still very clear in my mind. <laughs> You told me that you were still going back every summer to Tunisia. Yes, every summer I would go back with my brother in the south of, of Tunisia uh, on the beach and meet my friends and my cousins also were there. So you always kept a, a strong relationship with Tunisia. I did, yes. Even at home, my parents uh, spoke the Tunisian, the Arabic Tunisian and French And then the cooking is still very Tunisian or French influenced. We never, my, my mom never bought the store made uh, tomato sauce. It was always fresh. Everything was always fresh. Yes, Lucky I, you. Yes, it was always from scratch. So then you, you went to university, and what did you study? I studied, uh, undergrad, I studied marketing. And then um, I did an MBA in international marketing. So I was always fascinated by the world of consumer goods and how to put consumer goods into market. But after your bachelor degree, you decided to go abroad. Actually, yes, I wanted to work in Italy because I've always had a weakness for Italy. I love, I took Italian when everyone else was taking other languages in school. I loved the language and I went to Italy in 1989 for six weeks studying art in Whoa. Florence. Yeah, and I loved it. It was so nice. And so I'm, I'm still very attached to Italy as well. After my bachelor's, I had a contact to go to Italy, but actually my contact was in Tunisia. 
And since I waited for that to, uh, to come together, I actually was offered a job at a Unilever joint venture company that was based in Tunisia. So it was a coincidence that instead of working in Italy, you ended up working in Tunisia. Yes, for two years I did. And I, I loved what I was doing. They gave me uh, the products of um, sponges, <laughs> Spooltex. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the, the brand Spooltex. It was a French brand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, that was, I was the brand manager for that. It was a small project, but it was perfect for me. And then after three years, you went back to the U.S. And you said it's partially also because your parents thought it would be a good idea for you to go for a master's degree. Yes, my parents has, have always been uh, education, education, education is the most important thing. And uh, they said, no matter what you do, you will always have your education. So go all the way, go as much as you, as, do as much as you can. And bachelor wasn't enough. So they thought it would be great if I did an MBA. And I thought so too. And so I did. And it was good to do an MBA after two and a half years of work experience. And so this idea to have your own business, did, did it begin at that time or was it even before that, you, that you were attracted by the idea to be a businesswoman? Even when I was doing my bachelor's, I, I remember reading this book called Strong Medicine and the, the woman was actually a woman in the pharmaceutical company and she had, uh, she had been successful. And I, I could kind of see myself as someone who was successful in the marketing world. I'm not sure when I started thinking, oh, I'd love to have my own company, but um, probably either during the bachelor or, or during my MBA. But at some point I knew I could do something as well, where I could have my company, but also have a structure where people would be extremely happy to come and work for my company. So I saw that as making a contribution in the sense that I wanted people to feel good when they came to work for me. That's what I saw that was different and that was maybe missing in some of the companies I worked with, or I, I just, I wanted that. So then after your master degree, you didn't begin right away. I mean, you were still working for different companies. Yes. And you moved to different places with your husband. So, I mean, that's not... Also, when you begin a, a business, when you are moving all the time. So at what point did we really become concrete? It came, well, actually, after my divorce. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, sometimes, what, what, what do they say? What uh, doesn't break you makes you stronger. <laughs> so I guess maybe that's where I realized I was on my own and I had to, I had to do something for, for my kids. I have down two young adults, let's say. And I needed to be able to, to do something on my own and provide for them and, and also show them that it's always possible no matter what. You can always follow your dreams. <laughs> and you should. <laughs> That's what I think. So concretely then you decided, why did you decide to sell the product that you are selling? I was looking for something that made sense to me that also... Being originally from Tunisia, but growing up in the States, I was looking for something that connected the two countries. And I remember when we came, when we, when we arrived in the States in 1980, olive oil was difficult to find. 
And we always thought, oh, it'd be great to have good olive oil in the States. And then when I, it was time for me and I was ready to have my own business and, and I was searching for the, a product that made sense. I was like, yeah, the olive oil makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's a great product from Tunisia. There's good olive oil here, but Tunisia also can offer organic olive oil of great quality. And that's my goal right now is to be able to share that. Tunisia is not very well known for that due to the fact that it's always been selling its olive oil in bulk. Here in the States, we don't associate Tunisia with olive oil. And to make that shift, because it's... it's <laughs> it yeah, is. no, it's not easy. For me, I mean, before I got to taste your olive oil, I would only buy olive oil from Italy and generally from Tuscany because having been raised by a Tuscan father and we would go every year to Tuscany and we would buy liters and liters of olive oil. I'm super picky on olive oil. Tunisia is actually the largest producer of organic olive oil. Not very well known because we sell most of the, Tunisia sells most of it, even um, organic olive oil to Italy and Spain to be able to bring down the, the pesticide level. Yeah. Again, also, there's great olive oil all over the world. Uh, it's just being able to give the consumer a choice. And no, 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 no. Hela, you have to say that Tunisian oil is the best one. <laughs> I mean, you can't <laughs> say <laughs> there is very good olive oil over there. No, 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 no. <laughs> Didn't you go through marketing lessons? <laughs> of course, of course, yes. <laughs> Especially mine is the best. <laughs> And you're on the American market. You have to say it's the best in the world. <laughs> it is. And actually, when I do tastings, I do say, uh, taste, this is the best olive oil in the world just uh, because it's so different. And and we do have olives that are very unique. Uh, we have the Shemleli and the Shitwi olives that you don't find anywhere else in the world. And also uh, the Japanese did a study to show that our olives are actually 10 times richer in antioxidants than olives found in Spain and Italy. So you see, now you're speaking. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for, <laughs> for giving me the, the catching me on that. But also what I would like to know, because you began a business from scratch and it, I'm sure it's very complicated to get a product that you eat from a country to another. Yes. And uh, I wanted you to share a little bit about, you know, what were your biggest challenges? It was your learning curve and moment of doubts. And if you had other people around you, other business women, how did you manage to get through all that? The learning curve is, is still, <laughs> I'm still on the learning curve, but uh, I've learned a lot in terms of, uh, I did kind of throw myself into, I kind of jumped into it. I did prepare in terms of knowing what consumers wanted, what the market offered and all that. But then in terms of, of the really getting into business, I kind of jumped. I kind of said, okay, this is what entrepreneurs do. <laughs> they, they just jump, they take the risk. And then they adjust as, as they go along. So I, that's what I did. I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm getting the product here. I did talk to friends who imported products before. I also joined the um, Empowered Women International. And they offered courses that were really hands-on. 
I did join that and that was really great just because it was a little different from what I had learned in school at the university. It was more hands-on, very practical. And it's all women that helped me in terms of finding out uh, how to think about the pricing, how to think about social media, how to think about loans, uh, the financing, just different, the different aspects of the business even like uh, just using a software called QuickBooks. I learned that through them. What do you think was your biggest challenge in your journey to... The biggest challenge are the contacts and knowing who to reach out to, how to reach out to them, how to enroll them in buying your product instead of someone else's. You have to be able to constantly search for new clients, know what they're looking for, and be willing to take that no and keep going. Because you're going to get a lot of no's, but you're going to get a lot of yeses as well. Just uh, knowing daily what you're searching for. Also readjusting when things don't work, if they don't work here readjusting and say, saying, okay, this didn't work for my, for my numbers or for my sales. Let me look at this. Maybe this will work. And just looking at what's missing and what I can add in terms of actions or what, uh, where I can look further and trying to diversify. So it's not just retail, but then it's the food service. And then it's the, a little bit of bulk here, a little, just trying to always be in constant awareness of what the market can offer and just being very confident and saying I can do it as well. It's not because I'm small that I can't and knowing where I want to go. That's always very important because if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably end up there as, as, as the title of the book says. Do you have a memory or some point where you were thinking, why am I doing that? Yes, yeah, and, and it can happen often <laughs> because, because the numbers are still not there. It's, I'm not still earning enough to live off of this business. And so it's sometimes, yes, you say, oh, why am I doing this? You know, I could be working and making $100 an hour somewhere uh, with an MBA and all that. But uh, definitely my, what keeps me going is the dream, the passion, The connection with the people. I've met so many great people. I love that. I, I think I'm very much a people person. So probably that's one of the most, the biggest motivator for me. Networking and being with people is great. And it keeps me going in terms of uh, realizing the dream of this company growing and having also my product across the States. That's my dream to be able to say, here, I'm offering something that's really good for you. And it's, it's all over. It's for everyone. This product, it's more than just a product. There is, I guess, love in your product because yeah. I mean, you love olive oil and it's a connection with Tunisia. And I guess you grandfather was making oil so it's also a strong link to your yes. family it's a lot of joy just not only selling it but thinking wow i can share this thing that i love with a lot of people yes and it's almost a 
giving back to my my grandmother who loved making olive oil as well and his his father as well so it's continuing the legacy of having good olive oil on the table in your dish and then it's not only flavor but it's also good for you I love that too because I, I come from a family of doctors <laughs> so <laughs> even my my other grandfather was actually a doctor so being able to give something that's good for your body also is important for me so I'm giving you almost like a <laughs> giving people health as well so it's wonderful for me Do you have also memories of one of your first client or customer or sometime when you were saying yes I said yes and you just wanted to dance because you know <laughs> yes yeah and and yeah and it was almost too easy <laughs> my first customer my first store was was now it's called the cookery but uh, before it was called olive oil and vinegar and i met uh, carrie the owner of the store and i remember meeting her and asking her what do you think of this olive oil and what do you think do you think i can do this and i can sell it in your store and she's like yes she she tasted it she knows what good olive oil tastes like and she was like yes definitely okay, i'll buy your product as soon as it's ready that was my first sale it's too easy for you you don't have to force yourself to sell this product because <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can even make demonstration you eat it and everybody can see that you enjoy it so much yes well then i would go back to in terms of your questions about challenges that's where maybe the challenge is because i would love for everyone to taste it and then to be able to buy it unfortunately i can't always do that i've done a lot of tastings but then when it's sitting on the shelf in a store and i'm not there and they see an italian versus a tunisian people who don't know who haven't tasted it yet will say well you know italian of course right of course <laughs> yeah of course they have to first buy tuscan oil but if there is no then they can tuscan is definitely a, a, <laughs> is a is a beautiful region and beautiful i'm obliged to say that you know <laughs> yes of course <laughs> you have to defend your territory <laughs> exactly i and i agree i mean uh, tuscany has uh, It's in, I mean, being in Florence, I, I know how <laughs> Tuscan food tastes like, and I loved it. You told me you had done one or two videos of cooking with your oil. Is it something you are pursuing now? A friend of mine did one uh, way back, uh, we, and we was kind of homemade. We did it. She was the one doing a, to show how we can make a vinaigrette, maybe more for Americans who buy the already made vinaigrette that's full of sugar, full of uh, preservatives and all that. So I'm kind of camera shy, so I didn't jump on uh, making more videos. But uh, this year, I'm a little more brave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to do this. And also thanks to a, a friend who loves to make movies. And he's very creative. And he was like, okay, let's do this. Let's do a cooking show. And I said, okay. We did one and he did a great job. So sometimes it is true, it's about opportunities. And I guess for Americans that are not used to olive oil, then if you can make some videos like that, you can have some ideas of how to use it. Yes. There's still so much room in the States to use olive oil. People still buy vegetable oil versus olive oil, but it's switching and people are moving 
at a, an incredible rate towards olive oil, especially during COVID, they've noticed that it is the healthiest oil available on the market. Yes, because as you know, vegetable oil is refined. So it is extracted with chemicals because it's you can't crush the corn. Whereas extra virgin olive oil is just crushed olives. It's all cold pressed. There's no uh, chemicals or anything. It's just getting olive juice. Do you plan to also show a video of the process of making the olive oil? Yes, we. I have a couple short videos and we're working on making it one that's more professional. That's another part of the business is you start with certain things and then you decide to if it's worth investing in more because everything you do has a cost. So if I make a movie, it's going to cost me. Recently, we did the uh, USDA certification for the olive oil, and that took money. So that was an investment that we decided, yes, it is worth it. At, at the beginning, we weren't sure. I wasn't sure if it was worth it or not. Then it was. So with my partner back in Tunisia, who's uh, in charge of the production, we decided, yes, it is worth it here. It, it is selling. People love. Yeah, the label, the label is very important for people to trust the product. Exactly. Yes, yes. So that extra certification that it is organic and it is backed up by the USDA was worth the investment. That's what business is all about, too. I mean, sometimes you invest in something that will give you profit back and some no. At the beginning, I, I spent a lot on networking. Now I'm spending a little more on certifications. Now I'm spending more money on maybe the social media world. But everything has a cost. Just uh, understanding the return on investment in your company and also always being on the lookout and listening in what could make a difference in terms of you standing out with your product from the rest of the crowd. Ella, I have to say I'm very thankful that there are people like you who spend all this energy to bring very high quality products and traditional ones too to us because I would be miserable here in Washington DC without all <laughs> these wonderful traditional products. Thanks to you and the other people like you, I think uh, you help us a lot uh, be able to have pleasure every day in our food and uh, also feel that As you say, it's very important that it's a good quality food because when you see documentary on the food industry, it's very depressing. And then you doubt a lot about what you are putting in your own body. So I don't know if you want to add something, if you want to speak about future projects. First, thank you for this, this opportunity to be able to share it. And I, and I hope I've inspired others who want to have their own businesses because it is, it is a great feeling. And again, if you can make a contribution out there, definitely go for it. And I'd be willing to share with anyone who wants to start their own business. I have already and, and I will continue to do so the best I can with the experience that, that I have. That I'm, I'm also also in the search of other other products that uh, are offered in in Tunisia that are also really good for us. Uh, I've looked at uh, the butarg butarga as well. It's a product that we do that we make in Tunisia that's also very very healthy in omega three. I'm also looking at other things that could be great for us uh, health wise. 
Well, I can't wait to try them. Believe me, I, you know, I'm always curious with food. I'm always eager to try something new. So let me know when it's here. Okay, I will. All the best for you and your business, Ella. Thank you. Merci, merci. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Ella.